Happy New Year, everyone, from all two of us at This Game Where podcast with me, Chris, and... Ashley! Me! I malfunctioned then, didn't and I? a bit. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's... it's been a long year. Yeah, well, we're recording this middle of December, so uh, it's less time now. Two-thirds oh, of the way I'm, I'm December, so sorry. This is, I'm not right. You're way broke. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Real yeah. broke. How are is you? Everything all right? Good, thank you. How are you? Should we pretend? Broken. Should we We've pretend already discussed that. That this is being recorded between Christmas and New Year. Well, we could have done, but you've, oh, you've yeah. fucked that one, haven't you? Um, you've uh, let the carrot out of the bag or whatever. Did you have a good Christmas? Did you get some presents? And I know exactly what I'm getting for Christmas, so oh. I can I can tell you exactly what I'm getting. Yeah, we we got some great presents, which included, consisted of just... Just board games. Oh, that's cool. From everybody, which is great. Uh, we're getting... We got... We got a game called Bitoku, which if you Google that, looks really lovely and also really complicated. Great. Uh, we got Flamecraft, which is about dragons making stuff or something. And it's got little tiny dragon meeples. Uh-huh. We got Corrosion. Which is an engine builder where all of your stuff corrodes. So if you don't use it correctly and quickly enough, it will just cease to be. Wingspan Asia. We've got Wingspan Asia, which is an expansion for Wingspan. Allows you to play it with seven people. And um, uh, what else? Some more. we got some more. Lots of games. This year's the first... Got, I found the list. I found the oh, list. King of Tokyo. So Corrosion, Bitoku, Flamecraft, Wingspan Asia, Ark Nova, King of Tokyo, Turing Machine. There we go. That's cool. What we've got. I can sleep easy. Yeah. Uh, this is the first Christmas I've not asked for any video games since I can remember. Is that because you're a big adult boy and you can buy the things that you want whenever you want them and therefore not a big deal? I think it's partly that, but like there's no there's none I'm kind of like thinking, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna get that. So I'm like I'm just like meh. Like we at the end of the episode we're gonna do uh a roundup of games that are due to come out in 2023 that we're looking forward to. And I went back to when we did it this time last year. So at the end of 2021, I said, here's some games that are coming out in 2022, and I really want these. And four of them I've just not bought. What are they? Uh, Two Point Campus, The New Mario Rabbids, Return to Monkey Island, and Sonic Frontiers. I do want to play to more or lesser degrees all four of those games. I'm just just not not bothered. Well... I think there's a malaise over the world right yeah. now. Anyway, and that's probably seeped into your bones. Yeah, it's been the world. You've had you've had an up down year. I mean, that's a fair point. And a lot of stress. And maybe you've just had other things to focus on. Firstly, yeah. however, bearing in mind that you've had a lot of ups and downs. Maybe treating yourself to a thing would be good for you. Be okay. I mean, it's okay anyway. I think it's okay anyway, but it would be maybe even have beneficial outcomes for you. Medicinal. Yeah, sort of. Out of those four, the one I would like the most is possibly Monkey Island, maybe Mario Rabbit. I'm so glad you said that, because there was just a tiny little bit of me thought you were going to blurt out Sonic. No, well, it's... I've read a big article in uh, Sonic uh, Sega Powered, which is a, a re 
hash, I guess, of the Sonic Power, uh, Sega Power magazine from the mid nineties, and they were absolutely a revitalization. Let's say, yeah, rehash makes it sound a bit cruel. Yeah, all right then. And they did this really glowing review of Sonic Frontiers that really made me think, oh, maybe it is good. But the, the reviews for it are so they're so binary, like they're, they're either gushing or they're so so negative. There's not really much in the middle, and I, I find it such a, a strange game. Like I, I just can't, I can't bring myself to buy it in, because I, I'm worried that I will flop into the bad camp. Yeah, well, I'm always flopping into the bad camp. On Sonic, I hold very little hope that Frontiers is actually yeah, good. Exactly. I've played. We talked about this earlier, actually. So you know what I'm going to say. I played Sonic Adventure on the 360, thinking that it was. It's been touted as the dawn of a new era for Sonic, and that it was amazing, and everybody would love it and should love it. And I played it. Admittedly, not on the Dreamcast, on the Xbox 360, several years later, and it was shockingly bad. I I didn't like, play it at the time. I played on the 360 as well, and it was plops, oh, plop central. God, it was bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. And people, the problem that I have is people still hold that up as a good Sonic, and therefore, if they are the same people that are touting Sonic Frontiers as a good Sonic, I can't trust their opinion. Exactly for, for me. Maybe if you like Sonic and you're in the camp that likes Sonic Adventure, you can trust their opinion. Well, there, there was, I mean, we'll, we'll move off Sonic Frontiers in a minute, but there was this, this part of the article was about like, the game mechanics, and it was like, you, you unlock, you do this thing, which unlocks this collectible, which enables this thing to be unlocked, and then when you unlock this thing, you go into this zone, and then you can unlock this collectible, which means you can then access this part of the game where you unlock this collectible. It just seems so convoluted. But... Yep. There you go. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Sonic Frontiers because now I've played it. We're here to talk about games of 2022, what we have been enjoying this year. Top five. Yeah, we are. Um, Obviously, oh, well, not obviously. I think I've made a habit of doing this. And if I haven't, I'm sorry. But before we do get, lo- before we do launch into our five games uh, for this year, our five top recommendations for this year, I am going to talk very briefly through some honourable mentions of various different types. Is that okay? Of course it is, as it's Christmas. Have you have you got any like that? Well, I, I've i scraped six because, as we've talked about numerous times this year, uh, one of my five has kept me busy for the vast majority of the year. So I've only actually oh, I wonder what that played is. Um, six games this year. So I'll do my honourable mention now then. My honourable wow. mention, uh, because this is it's a game that's not quite finished at the time of recording it's the dlc for mario kart 8 because i think that's been blooming great yes it has it actually genuinely has and i don't blame you it's a whole new game well, 40, let's be honest 48 By... tracks for was it 20 25 quid or, or something and, and the tracks yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're not they're not all good they're not going to be all good but they're they're enjoyable and like the... i think there's been a lot more hits than there's been misses Com- and the misses are still good yeah but the, the thing that surprised me the most about it are the ones from mario kart tour the tracks that are yes. set in in real life london's and paris yeah and stuff. because i like mm. how the three laps of the track are all different like you, you there's in is yeah. it um paris where the the third lap you kind of go back on yourself you kind of yes, going you against do, yeah. the races and yeah. the london one like it, it's a very tight track but there's three different ways to go around it three different things you see i just think it's so creative i've been 
absolutely blown away by them. And the Rainbow exactly Road that's come out in the in the the newest Ooh, yeah. is is the GBA is, version, isn't is it? A peach. Hmm. It absolutely is. The so I'm totally on the same page with you on those tour tracks. They have no right to be as interesting as they are. They they are genuinely some of the best tracks I think in the game. Never mind. Yeah. In the DLC. And it's blown me away. The whole package. It's very. It's a very generous package. I personally think, and they aren't shirking on it. Yeah, they. I. I like the balance of old tracks with new. I think adding a new, a new, a brand new track each round of each wave. Sorry, is a good idea. And the new tracks have been pretty cool. I like this Christmas one. Yeah, Christmas one Mary Mountain is real cool. Yeah. And, and this update as well, having that genius uh, update with the items where you can then tailor the items is such yes. a really simple. It just seems so obvious, you know, that I can't believe yep. it hasn't been done before. And it is is great. So for everyone that's not I sure about this. I haven't used that yet. Oh, it is. Yeah. We So you can, you can tailor the items. So if you want to just have speed items, so you can then play a game where it's just got the the speed mushrooms or you can have a game where it's just got red cooper shells and the way those change how you play it is is incredible Mm. yeah yeah i wholeheartedly endorse your recommendation of uh of that dlc as a as one of the best games of the year yeah i think that's fine and I say we're ha- we're halfway through. We've still got another. So what's that now? We're halfway mm. through to the twenty-four, 24. tracks to come out mm. over the course of twenty twenty-three. So I'm very excited to see what's uh, what's coming out next. Me too. So before we launch into our main fair for this episode, I just wanted to run through a few games. It, it's interesting that you said that you've only played six games this year. That's I mean that's pretty drastic. I though have also felt like. It's been a bit of a dry patch for me, maybe not for oh. gaming in general, but for me. It's the day, the, um, the year the laughter died, Twins Twins 2. Yeah. And there are actually more games on my. I haven't played them and they, I feel like they could have ended up on this list, list right. um, than there are on my actual list. So I might as well start with that. These are games that I haven't got round to that I really, really wanted to play and, you know, might well have made their way onto this list had I got the chance. I think I've been generous in uh, to some of them, maybe, um, given the talk around them. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, um, one actually linked to our episode from last week, because this is Drakneck and Friends game, uh, Patrick's Powerbox, which oh, came out yeah. in March this year. You sent me trailers um, for that, and it, it looks stunning. I did. Yeah, it's a little puzzle game where you go inside a box and then come out of the box, and yeah, it looks really good. The and I never got around to playing kept it. kept popping up in, in the blurb, which I approved of. Recursive, absolutely. Secondly, Horizon Forbidden West. I now own it. Hannah bought me it last week, which was lovely of her. And I just haven't got around to it yet. I haven't actually finished the first one, and I'm really trying to power through that before I try the second one. God of War Ragnarok. That came out only a few months ago, and it is uh, very much money, so I'm just kind of waiting it out. How, is and it one of those like 70 quid type? Yeah, <sighs> I've much. no doubt. Too much. Yeah, it is a lot. I've no doubt, though, that when I actually do get around to it, I will enjoy it immensely. Unfortunately, could well be a year or two down the line at this rate. Pentiment, which is, yeah, Pentiment. Your brain's, your face is just uh, screwed up like your your brain's done a sad. Often. Pentiment is a game 
set in Middle England or the Middle Ages of Middle England. I think that's the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, and is made by the people that made the people that made Fallout New Vegas. It's like a little RPG set in Middle England. That sounds great. Yeah, it's all um, it's all sort of presented in a parchment style. So yeah, I really wanted to play that. I've probably misremembered some of that, but you know, it's still one of my. It only came out a few weeks ago as well, or well, uh, relatively so. Uh, And lastly, Marvel Snap. I've had so many people telling me Marvel Snap's a damn good game, and I just never got around to it. So it's like a Marvel-based card game that's out on mobile. And very, very Moorish. Marvel Snap. Yes. Genuinely supposed to be an excellent like LCG card game. Hmm. Well, like, do you love a card fair. game? Um, so they're the ones that I never got around to playing. I've got some, and they're the honourable mentions in that. Oh, there is one last one on there. And the reason I haven't played it is it's not released yet. But it is still touted, weirdly, to be coming out this year. And that is Sports Story on the Switch. Sports Story is a sequel to Golf Story. Golf oh, Story was a golf, golf RPG. Story, don't you? Yes, I it. do. Sports Story is an expansion in all directions from Golf Story, and you play lots of different sports beyond golf. And I am waiting very anxiously for that. <coughs> it might actually end up being a case of it's one of my most anticipated games of 2023, but we are that remains to be seen. No one said anything about it. Okay, so games that I have played. Yes. Sorry, games that I've right. played, but not really played enough of. Oh, so this I is think another, that if I'd... a separate list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. sorry. No, um, that's okay. It, ma- it that... makes up for my lack of game playing. Cool. Games that I've played that um, I haven't played enough of to be able to say categorically, I think these are the super fabist games of the, of the year, but I think they probably would have, you know, been very strong contenders, even, even maybe knocked other games off the list. Nobody saves the world. Hannah's sat over there. I'm pointing behind me. Hannah's sat over there right now playing Nobody Saves the World. I think she's on hour four or five of a run of playing Nobody Saves the World. I passed it to her. She's been playing it ever since. It's fantastic. It genuinely is one of the best games that I... Like one of the most immediate clicks I've had with a game for a long time. So what's the elevator pitch for that? Oh, it's like an RPG where you play as a nobody who finds finds a wand that belongs to a very famous wizard who's been kidnapped and uses the wand to go and rescue the the magician, the wizard. Uh, The the USP is that the wand turns you into different things. So you're a nobody who... The first thing that you can change into is a rat, and the rat is able to do different to do things that that your character can't do, like crawl through small spaces and gnaw very fast at enemies. So an RPG um, version of Mario Odyssey. Yes, and that, it's interesting that you said that because exactly, I had not as strong. Okay, so don't take too much out of this, but um, I had a similar feeling turning into a rat in this game as I did when I turned into a frog in Mario Odyssey. So yes, exactly, you've, you've got the. You got the idea. Interestingly, the second one on this part of the list, Time on Frog Island. Which you mentioned um, a few weeks ago during the Link's Awakening episode, and, and I thought it sounded pretty yeah. good. So I've started playing it, and it is fab. Like I've only played 30 or 40 minutes of it, but it's really good so far. Obviously, based on four, 30 or 40 minutes, I couldn't 
reasonably put it on a list of the no, best games of the fair. year. But if those thirty or forty minutes are anything to go by, it will be it will be very enjoyable, and I'll be very happy. Case of the Golden Idol. That's another one that's um gives me strong vibes of Return of the Oberdin, which I might have recommended to you in the mm-hmm. past. But Case of the Golden Idol is like a detective game where you have to go and look at these different tableaus and work out what's been happening in the tableaus and uh, solve crimes um using the characters in those tableaus um and completing sentences uh, to to say what you think the crime is that's been solved in that uh, that, that has been committed in that particular tablet it's brilliant uh lastly and you've mentioned it already two point campus Mm -hmm. i haven't played enough of it to be able to say but i do like it's my bread and butter it's even more so hannah's bread and butter and i think you know it is the sort of thing that if she were to make a list like this it probably would end up on there two point hospital i played for about two hours last sunday that's the most i've spent on that game it's it's exactly what you'll say like it's a game that i've just spent 10 minutes with here and there with my daughter yeah and then last weekend she decided she wants to following hannah's advice she she uh, on how to unlock the sandbox mode we sat mm. and we grafted to unlock the sandbox mode and it's just a joy two point i know you're talking about campus on the hospital but but mm. the two point hospital is just it, it's 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 brilliant it's so I'm, good i'm i'm hoping that i said two point campus you did I'm, I'm just saying hospital yeah okay because I, I i just started to think maybe i said hospital but that's okay well so and I'm I, just... and I played two point campus at yours a couple of weeks ago as well when mm. we recorded our chris says and it's it's the same it's, it's just a joy as it's well. building on what two point hospital does well mm-hmm. um and deepening it and broadening it out it's yeah. great as far as i can tell uh, I've got five more games before we do our oh five goodness. best. Gosh, you, I know it. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's games that I've played that you know just were edged out, um, and so like there might be some sort of yep. yeah. Um, but I haven't put them in an order. I've just sort of categorised them like this. So, Call to the Lamb. I was really enjoying Call to the Lamb. Um, Kiwi. That's a cheat. Oh yeah. But um, Kiwi is Kiwi released a few years ago, so it's not actually a twenty twenty two game. But me and Hannah were playing it it was on playstation plus and me and hannah have been playing it and really enjoying it it's a co-op game that's lovely and has kiwi birds in it uh, pokemon legends arceus came out this year uh, right at the beginning it seems like forever ago but it's not on the list uh, even though it was pretty pretty fun uh lego star wars i'm sorry chris but it's i don't right. think it'll be the last that we talk about that frankly Do you realize i'm an pretty opinion? sure it's i'm pretty sure it, mm, i think it's good it's just not my favorite or in my top five. Um, and Elden Ring. So Elden Ring, I'd never really clicked with Soulsborne games, and I did click with this, and I think a lot of people did. Yeah, um, you were raving about this, what most people were. And yeah. again, like you've, I mean, you said this in last week's episode, which we recorded about half an hour ago, but it, I can't believe that was 2022. That feels like it was yeah. so much longer so ago. So long ago. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Elden Ring, it's good. It's not my cup of tea, and maybe that's one of the things that... Uh, went against it because I was sort of playing outside of my uh, comfort zone, mm-hmm. my wheelhouse. Um, but it is still a very good game and still deserves to be mentioned here. Um, not my top five. Uh, the the and that's it. That that's wow. my honourable mentions. There are a bunch of them for various different reasons. So so now you're listed with down to the five, the big five. Yes, indeed. The five yep. gold rings. Yeah, one of them didn't come out this year. Right. Well, actually, two of them didn't come out this year. Right. Yeah. So, uh, not good. Yeah. I mean, I suppose now, no, it's it's fine. I think. I think I can argue it. Um, 
I think it's a good time to say that our lists are our lists and nobody's I think making an argument that this is the uh, this is the quintessential the best games of 2022 full stop no one neither of us are saying that um at the same time these are the ones that of the various different games that I've been able to play these are the ones that I think I've enjoyed the most Mm -hmm. fair there's another game that I haven't had enough time to play and that's plate up uh, which is like overcooked, but with rogue-like elements. So, so um, yeah, that I bought that a few weeks ago. Cool, just well, haven't had a chance. We'll to see play. if any more they'll keep, spring to mind. They'll keep popping yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, should I go? Do first? you want to go first? Yeah, I've been talking for so long. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to go for number five, which actually, now I think about it, I don't think is a game that came out in 2022. Either. Thank Christ! But you played it this year. But I played it well, very, very early this year. So. Between just before Christmas, I'm going to tell a little little story now. Just before Christmas, Ooh, 2021, um, I got COVID, and you can actually hear as a little Easter egg for if anyone's you sound interested. like Bo Burnham from Inside talking that about was, his, that was kind uh, of what I was channeling. Oh, okay. And um, a little Easter egg. If you go back to listen to the uh, Gamers of 2021 episode uh, from last year, I found out the day of recording it, and you can actually hear over the course of that episode me sound more and more rough uh, when you listen to it. Really? It's, well, especially when it comes to about the third game, when I'm talking about Skyward Sword, I sound like I'm asleep. Like I, I, I sound so slurred. It was, it was painful to listen back. But anyway, that's why, because I was, uh, I was coming down with it. Anyway. So I had for um, lead up to Christmas, and it meant that Christmas had to be cancelled around around here. Um, I had COVID and basically spent a few days in bed, and uh, it was it was pretty miserable. Um, and I managed to crack, uh, crack an Apple Arcade when I wasn't sleeping, <coughs> and there was a game that I got really really into. And I think the atmosphere, the the solemnness of the game, the melancholy of the game, really. Struck a chord with me at that point. So that's the I'm last trying really campfire. hard to think it. Ah, ah, right, okay, interesting. No, it didn't come out this year. Yeah. So naughty boy, you just you just lambasted me for <laughs> for doing that. Yeah, I know. But fine, that's fine. But you played it this year. Yeah, well, I, it's so, become so, a solid so, part of your 2022. Ends 2021, but I think I finished it for about the second or third of January 2022. Um, the last gunfire is just, it's a joy. It's its a little puzzly game, action RPG type elements. But the thing that I particularly liked about it was this narration. There's a, a woman who, I thought she was Welsh, but I think it's um, Swedish or Finnish or some sort of um, Northern European accent. And her voice is so lovely, so soothing to listen to. And it just, it creates this sense of eerie melancholy to proceedings. And there's, it, it's a game we've got to very much infer what's going on, and it, it's mm. really beautifully realised, and um, some sinister elements as well, which I quite enjoyed too. And it's 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 brilliant. I, I could wax lyrical about the last campfire for for ages, but uh, I highly highly Good. recommend it. As I said, it's on Apple Arcade, so if anyone's listening with Apple Arcade, you've got access to it. But I know it's on the consoles. I know, I know you bought it recently on Switch, Ashley. I did. I was just going to say thank you for, um, and you know highlighting it because i just bought it and that makes me look forward to it ever mm. so much more um it is interestingly um it's it's a hello games game and hello game it's the game that they made after no man's sky and no man's sky well after they've been working on no man's sky almost 
non-stop since it since before it came out obviously but um yeah for forever and this was the game that came out after that came out um and it kind of reminds me of our conversation when we uh, about a good snowman is hard to build in so much as i recommended that to people who are just looking to unwind to decompress from um the difficulties of of working life you know mm-hmm. And this is kind of what Hello Games de- did, it seems, with this. They took No Man's Sky, which was a huge mammoth uh, of a task, and um, they went completely the opposite end of the spectrum with their next game and made something small and um, intimate. Like folklore enthused, mm. and yeah, mm. it's, it's wonderful. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. selection. Came out in 2020, so it is Ooh, really pushing okay. it, but, you know... Well, the, um, the number's got the, the same first three digits. Yes, it has. I'm gonna, I'm gonna balance that with one that very definitely came out this year. Okay, and that is um, a game. I th- I don't know if we've mentioned it this week or last week already, but it's Return to Monkey Island. Yeah, it was one now, of the ones I mentioned a few minutes ago as being one one that got away, or has gotten away so far this year. But one I, I do absolutely. want to return to. Now, you've spent most of your time playing Lego Star Wars this year. Yeah. And I said that that got edged out. Return to Monkey Island is one of the things that edged it out. Because Return to Monkey Island is an absolutely fantastic game. From start to finish, I really enjoyed it. I know that for some people, maybe there are some uh, bitter notes. Maybe they didn't quite enjoy the ending or whatever. But... For me, it was just what it needed to be in order to satisfy. Um, and have you finished it then? Oh yeah, I finished right. it. Yeah. Why did you think? Oh well, well, it came out and you were talking about how good it was, and then you didn't really mention it anymore. So I didn't know if it had kind of fallen by the wayside a bit. No, no, I finished it. It was um it was great. It was a perfect little parcel. It doesn't run all all too long as as you'd expect from an adventure game. Um and it, it is a per I, I just said it's a perfect little parcel. And it is actually that. Every aspect of it is just really well well thought through, really well executed, um, across all of the different areas of game um creation. You've got just people clearly working at the at the peak of their brilliance, and there were things I know that you and I had conversations after the trailer, like things like, "Oh, I'm not sure how I feel about the way it looks." But That's actually, what loads of people said though. Oh well, I'm here to tell you, having been one of the per- people that was like, "Oh, I don't know about this art style." The art style is just so yeah, it's, it's so good, so good. I think it's the perfect art style to have gone with. It's like a pop-up so, book or something, or like a paper. It, it kind of is, yeah. It's like paper craft, hmm. and it works. It just works. It just works really well in in motion. It's so basically good. it's it's what people would have wanted from a third Monkey Island game, just just so long after the fact, isn't it? I think so. I think there's a danger in saying that because I don't think because that it, undo- it is... undoes the actual real third Monkey Island game, which I well, no, not still just, think not is just good. that. It's not just that. It's that you know we can't say only the, the only people that can say are the people that have made it, and we don't know for definite what would have happened mm-hmm. if Monkey Island Two had been 
um, followed swiftly by Monkey Island 3 and whether this is the exact iteration of what Monkey Island 3 would have been Mm. at the time. But what I can say is that this is the right Monkey Island 3 for now. Right. And it actually does dwell on that a little bit and and spend some time contemplating that as a as a as a product um what it means to revisit something okay um interesting yeah i don't want to say too much no, more than that, it. but it's certainly a theme that it considers Drucken, there'll be a sequel um, for itself don't know okay don't know i i don't know maybe in 20 years yeah Cool. Or oh, great recommendation. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go straight into my next one then. Is another Apple Arcade joint. Is a game called Stitch. Have you heard of this? No. It's a very, very pretty puzzle game around um, either cross-stitching or knitting. I'm assuming cross-stitching this game is called Stitch. Uh, really simple puzzle game. So you've got like a section of a, a big cross-stitch and you'll be given a smaller section of it. Let's say the section is um, four by five squares and you'll be given numbers and you've got to using these numbers you've got to stitch in the 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 squares that make up this four by five grid so you might have like one's got a three so you know there's going to be a horizontal three a vertical three and you've either Mm. got to use the numbers together almost like there's one of those puzzles that come with a k that kind of came out alongside the sudoku craze we had to use numbers to to plot where to put color in squares yep it was um it wasn't a k it was they're one i like them yeah. Ah. It's kind of like there's a, that. There's a game called Pico Picks, which is the same thing. Right. That's on the Switch. But it's, it's that sort of thing. It's a very, as we've said a couple of times now, actually, with the last campfire and with um, uh, last week's um, A Good Snowman is Hard to Build. Very, very relaxing. Lovely music. The whole stitching aspect of it is it, tapped into really nicely. It's very wholesome. You create this lovely piece of, of art you cross stitch bit by bit and it's just it's a it's a really it's it's been the game that i've gone to this year just for those five ten minutes of downtime just to kind of completely unwind and de-stress good idea i always think that it's good to have a game on the go that is that yeah for for people yeah it's all it's all well and good like having big epic stories to play out over multiple tens of hours but actually sometimes all you need is a a good cross-stitch game to yeah. settle down under a lamp with and i genuinely am not being uh sarcastic no, or, no, i know you're not or anything it's like, sort of thing i think I, hannah would really like as well yeah it's it, i i can't remember the name of the of the uh puzzle that you're talking about i'm gonna find it out at some point in this uh and i will shout it All out right. but yeah that that is a that that is a genre or yeah, is it a genre? That's a genre of puzzle that I really enjoy, and I've got multiple different iterations of it across right. um, different consoles. When they announced this or, or released this new um, system, was they put out a, a Legend of Zelda themed version of this puzzle. Nice. <laughs> so you could you could pay so many of your silver coins to get on the 3ds. Uh, this uh this little app this little game of of legend of zelda it's all very intense isn't it that whole system, what the, the heck whole... is the puzzles called ah <laughs> oh, i mean to be fair i don't I even think it's that it's that exact puzzle anyway it's kind of that vague idea but it's not quite a like for like type thing okay i mean i won't I, i'll try not to spend the whole of the 
episode thinking about what the name of that puzzle type is. We'll just move on. Yeah, all right. Good recommendation. Thank you. Um, my recommendation, following off off the back of that, is now this is one of my um, potentially niggly ones because this did not come out this year. This came out last year. It's fine. I'll, I'll let you off. It's Christmas. Thank you. I played it only very recently again because it was available on um, the PlayStation Plus service. Uh, it's called Toem or Tome, depending on how you want to just uh, pronounce it. And it what a is peach. a absolutely yeah. Now you've just described a game that is there that that is specifically for you about unwinding and de-stressing. And Toem to me is that it's a game that allows you to go from start to finish without really ever having to uh, stress at all. It's The whole thing is set in this black and white world where you are a, a, a person from a small sort of rural town who goes out into the big wide world with nothing but his clothes and his camera. And whilst out there, you try and complete different... Um, requests from different inhabitants of these uh, of this world the world is separated out into four or five possibly six sex areas and each one has a distinct character to it so like there's an inner city area and there's um a snowy peak area and there's a beachside area um and each one of those is uh, will have a, a number of different challenges every single challenge is completely doable um i've actually recommended this to you already and my pitch for it was that I think that both you and your daughter would enjoy it immensely. The thing about that rec- that particular setup is I think you and your daughter, it would be one of those games that you'd be able to play separately. Mm-hmm. Both both feel satisfaction from it. And um, particularly for your daughter, she'd actually be able to tackle it without having to yeah. uh, get any, any interventions, well, which I think is a big deal. I ended up having to go at it at yours. Um a couple of weeks mm. ago and it was i was really really impressed with it the as you said the the, the color the style of it the aesthetic the mood mm. the atmosphere it all, all went together i was i was i played for about half an hour possibly i could have quite happily played it for longer and yeah i, I found it a, a joy there are a few of these games that have come out this year and actually it does remind me of one that i haven't mentioned as a as an honorable mention but i should have which is witchwood mm-hmm. witchwood has a similar vibe to it like it the music and the presentation, the, the visual presentation, come together in a way that feels like magic in both Toem and Witchwood. Toem, I just felt very peaceful all the way through. I I platinumed this, which is like the one hundred percent of the PlayStation ecosystem. I've got all of the um, all of the challenges, all of the trophies for this game, and I didn't at any point feel any like pressure i i know this uh, maybe this sounds really awful to some people but it's just one of those games that let me glide through it and enjoy being in the mm-hmm. the world without without punishing me for things that you know i did or, so, or, or sometimes didn't do right having a game where you can just go through it and just enjoy the experience and not actually feel too much pressure or difficulty yeah. spikes or whatever like that's okay there aren't difficulty spikes in this. It's all like the whole thing is like it's it's go and have a look and you will definitely find it. There's one thing where the most difficult thing in the whole game, I think, 
was going out and finding six cave paintings on the sides of some walls. That was as difficult as it got. And that was just because there were six of them. And to have the, just explore the game. It was lovely. And you had the lovely side quest where you go and take photos of animals, which I really enjoyed doing in Beyond Good and Evil years ago. And I, I do like it when yes. a game has that. Yeah, I, I've said to you before that I quite, I'm a bit of a sucker for any game that's got fishing in it. Yeah, you love a fishing game. I don't know why. But I'm also a bit of a sucker for any game that's got a an integrated photo mechanic. I don't mean like a photo mode where you can take arty uh, inspirational photographs of the game that you're playing. I mean a game that revolves around pho- mm-hmm. photography, like um, Pokemon Snap and Toem. They're, they're a genre um, that I really love that doesn't have enough entries. What, Alba? Yeah, Alba's on my list, and I haven't played it yet. Oh, that's similar sort of thing. I, I have go it. around taking photos of animals. That's that's a delight as well. Yes, please. Yes, please. That sounds like my thing. Cool. Right. right. That's number two. Well, I'm going to go from the the serenity and the calm of Toem into my number three, which is WarioWare. Get it together. Right. Another cool. 2020. Was that this year? Well, another 2021 game. Oh, you cheeky but man! Got it you got it for Christmas. Got Christmas, so yeah. So I played it earlier this year. Um, it's... We're doing a bad job of the best, the roundup of 2022, yeah, aren't we? Well, it's for when, us. When, it's fine. When it gets number one, as we've quite talked about, it's kind of why. Anyway, where we get together is it's the best, the purest distillation of what makes WarioWare games good. It's the 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 shtick with this one is all the characters you unlock that you play against your uh, dribble and spits and 8-bit and 16-bit that each of them have their own way of playing the, the mini games mm. so rather than playing them all the same way so there might be a mini game for example where you've got to um there's, there's a sink and there's a plug at the bottom you've got to knock the plug out of the sink wario's control method is that he has got a jetpack and he flies left to right and if you press a he will then use a shoulder barge to barge into things uh 16 bit has got he sits on his bum and he fires rings above him so you have to there has to be things on the ceiling for him to grapple onto and other characters have like skateboards or they can only shoot one way and and basically every single character is probably a good 20 characters each of them has their own way of control and their way of handling so the mini games now it's not just a case of understanding what you need to do within the tight three, four second time limit. You've got to understand, number one, what am I supposed to do? Number two, how am I supposed to achieve that with this character that I've been given? Mm. And that um, tightness of gameplay is what I've been really enjoying with this. Just it creates, it makes it so much more frenetic. And then, so I've, I've completed the main story mode and it just unlocks so, so much extra stuff afterwards. And they've they've done this, these like daily challenges and then there's weekly challenges and, and all this sort of stuff as well. So it, it's just, it's, there's constantly stuff for it. There's so many multiplayer modes as well. Uh, it's a game that I've come back to time and time again over the course of the year, just dipping into it every now and again, um, single player or multiplayer. And it's been, it's, it's, it's very aware. It's guaranteed to make you laugh. Hmm. That's, I mean, I played the, I played the either the demo or you might have brought it round. I, I brought it round, and then it turned out that the point I was at in the game, which is a bit of a strange sort of gameplay design, but you had to complete more of the story in order to unlock more of the multi or any of the multiplayer. Um, so it was a bit of a damp mm. squib in terms of that. I'm not really sure why they've done that, but that's beside well, the point. I've always enjoyed WarioWare. I've played them from the very first entry on the Game Boy Advance. Um, right the way through i haven't picked this up but it's not to say that it's it's because it's 
not my cup of tea because it absolutely is. Mm. It's just um, it's one of those ones that's fallen by the wayside, as um, as seems to happen more and more. Um, but yeah, I think my time that I did spend with it, that I have spent with it, uh, was enjoyable and very much in the vein of what you'd expect from yeah. a WarioWare game. So not surprised that you that you would be enjoying it enough to give it a mention to right. a roundup of the best games of a year. Even if yeah, I didn't realise I'm the wrong year. I'm sorry. Right, move on. We're doing. <laughs> um, my right. So I've got one more. Con- <coughs> I've got one more contentious one, but I think that I can definitely swing it. I'm sure you. I'm can. wondering whether I should try and get it out of the way next, or should I save it for the end? Because I've got two solid 2022ers. Slip it out now. Slip it out now. Right. You are not going to be surprised whatsoever. I got a roundup of the amount of year, uh, the amount of hours I've spent playing games on the PlayStation um, this year. It's something that PlayStation do each year. It's called PlayStation Unwrapped, and it gives you all your stats for uh, different different games and how long you've played them. And I have spent two thirds of my time on the PlayStation, playing one game. And that one game is Fortnite. Right. Now, obviously, Fortnite's been knocking around for a while. Yeah. And my uh, saying this is one of the best games of 2022 might be challengeable. However, there have been quite considerable changes mm. made in Fortnite this year that have meant that, I, from my understanding... It has the popularity of the game has skyrocketed. The biggest change, I think, and the and the one that's had the biggest impact is um, the introduction of zero build, which means that instead of having lots of people running around harvesting materials so they can build big forts, there's not that none of that is possible. You can't build forts, and therefore the focus is is on pure um, competition in terms of who who can take out the rest of the people quickest and best. Hannah and I got into this because we play on a weekly basis uh, games with her young cousin and her uncle and and sometimes her auntie, but mostly her uncle and the young cousin. Um, and it was it's one of his favourite games and me and Hannah begrudgingly picked up controllers to play it as we have multiple times with other games. And suddenly found that actually it was pretty damn good mm-hmm. and found ourselves then playing it without them and and together, which is, again, always a big tick in my box whenever me and Hannah can uh, get stuck into something uh, together. Hannah enjoys it as much, if not more, than I do. Um, and we have become a really tight unit, me, Hannah, Hannah's young cousin and her uncle. We are a force to be reckoned with in... Uh, most matches, not all of them. Sometimes it really just goes to hell in a handbasket before we can get our feet under us. But for the most part, we we come top five, nice, like minimum, and we win a lot of games uh, together. Uh, Hannah, uh, the other thing that I really like about it is that if you are playing in a team like that, it highlights people's strengths. And I have my strengths. And Hannah has hers and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think in particular for somebody who um, shooters are a bit alien, Hannah being the person I'm talking about, to be able to embrace it, to, um, to be able to embrace this game 
to be introduced to a new genre for her of of gaming and to find actually that she has strengths that I can't uh I can't match mm-hmm. I think is a really amazing thing um and for her I think totally unexpected I don't think that she thought that she'd come into it and be competitive and out competitive uh with the people that she plays it with but actually she's one of the best players in our team so yeah i, I think that's okay as a uh, perfectly acceptable as i mentioned in your top five leagues but the way you play it you know it's it's a uh, something you do weekly as a way of bonding do, exercise yeah. with your family mm-hmm. uh, and a way to stay in contact with them and do something you will enjoy I think that's absolutely fine and applaudable yeah I, I i genuinely think as well though that the nature of fortnite is that it's constantly yeah um it's constantly renewing and this year as i said i'm not trying to I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. Though the introduction of Zero Build seems to have really skyrocketed things for it. And then on top of that, just very recently, the last couple of weeks, they've had a big uh, change. They've moved from one chapter to the next, now in chapter four, season one. And part of the move to that chapter was introducing a whole slew of new technical delights. So all of the stuff that Unreal Engine has been touting as like the next generation of graphics and gaming is now part and parcel of fortnite on um, pc and fortnite on the next gen or the latest gen consoles like playstation 5 and series uh, xbox series consoles um what i'm talking about there is things like ray tracing and um their um nanite technology which allows um like really detailed rendering of of um different assets and when you look at side-by-side comparisons of how it was even just a few weeks ago to how it is now, it's it's pretty night and day. Like, they've really upped the game. So, yeah, Fortnite. Lovely. Fortnite 2022. Nope, absolutely fine. Um, yeah, cool. I'm going to go with my number two. I'm going to complete... Oh, well, I'll see you when you get back. Right, nice. Lovely bit of business. Uh, Toilet my... humour. Yes. Pocky talk. No, it's fine. It's fine. My number two is not a number two. It it's a good one. Is uh, is is Kirby on the Switch? Yeah, I thought this would be on your on your list. I, it's not a surprise. Yeah, Forgotten Land, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Kirby and the game title that I can't remember off the top of my head because I just called it Kirby. That's it. Is it Forgotten Kirby Land? in the Forgotten Land? Okay, thank you. Glad you've uh, done some research or has some memory. Yeah, Kirby in the Forgotten Land on the Switch. Uh, it's a delight. It's I picked up. As the uh, when the game had a demo come out in about March and was very very taken with it, having never played a Kirby game apart from a couple that we've done for the podcast, mm. and it's it's brilliant. Um, it's essentially almost like a cross between Mario 3D World and Mario Odyssey because you've got the small, tight, really well structured levels, and then Mario Odyssey you've got the ability to take on enemies or, or cars, vending machines, and the abilities that they bring. And it's one of those games, a bit like the later Mario games or even the earlier Mario games, where there's just this constant innovation, constant surprises and, and delights and things where the game will turn on a pivot and you've got to suddenly do something else. And it, it just, it's those sort of things that really kept me engaged throughout the whole thing. Another a game, a bit like you've mentioned a few minutes ago with Toem, a game I 100%ed because I wanted to explore and find every single secret and had a great time doing it. Also, surprisingly, for a Kirby game, some of those challenges, especially towards the end of the game, really, really difficult. An update. Oh, go on. Picross. 
Is that that sort That's of game? That's what it's called. It's called Picross. Picross? Picross? I think it's like cross and pixel sort of put together. But it's yeah. uh, it's a, a genre of puzzle where you make sort of pixel pictures. Sorry, cool. it came to me. Well, Stitch is one of those Googled either, it. so uh, disappointing. Uh, well, they're good. Stitch, I'm sure, is great. Yeah, I uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I kind of bounced off it a little bit, but I do understand why people enjoy it. And actually, I do think um, in the pantheon of Kirby games, it's probably genuinely the best Seems version to be of it. That, that sort of way in terms of reviews. I haven't enjoyed a Kirby game, I think, really ever. I think, I remember, that's maybe unfair. I remember playing 2D Kirby games and enjoying it. And I think what I enjoyed was being able to turn into different versions of Kirby and do special powers. What I wasn't necessarily enjoying and what, when I've revisited them, I've really disliked is the bland level design. I've never really felt engaged and excited by a Kirby game. This one has a little bit of bombast to it and zaniness as well that makes it stand out from the rest. And I think it's a really good forward step for Kirby that I hope they embrace. Mm. In particular, that first boss, I've only played, I think it was again, either you brought it around or it was a demo, but there was um, the first boss is like a King Kong style giant gorilla. Um, And I thought that was a really fun uh, boss battle. It's just unfortunately not my thing. Um, So, but I'll tell you the other thing that I think really shines with it. It's a, it's a family game through and through. Yeah, it's and a game for you for, and your daughter. Exactly. We played most Perfect. of it together, two player, which is another big positive for it as well. Um, and actually, towards the end, some of the hard challenges, there was a, a boss fight in particular. Have if I didn't have a second person um, as the the other the other player, um, if I didn't have another player playing it with me, I wouldn't have been able to do that at all. Yeah. So it actually ends up being quite beneficial. It kind of rings with what I was trying to get across with Fortnite, like that. That is a family game. You, your uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is a family game through and through. It's one where your daughter doesn't just float around as some um, cap flying through the air that actually doesn't really, yeah. you know, justify being there. Um, her her import and her interventions become integral to you actually being able to get through the game. 100%. So I, I think that's really valuable as a... Um, as experience, as a way, as an experience, yeah, as a way into games for younger people. Mm. Cool. There Good we recommendation. go. Thank you. Right, I've got okay. one left, so back to you. I got, I got two more. Um, I don't know which again order. These aren't in any order, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm not working down to the very, very best. As far uh, no, I, I can't. Fair. I ju- my brain just doesn't let me. Uh, do that. I find it really, really difficult to do that. Um. They're very different games, these last two as well. The first one I think that I'm going to put forward is, unsurprisingly maybe for you to hear, but it's Tunic, which we've done an entire episode on. Tunic is, as far as I'm concerned, fantastic. We have at one point, again, I can't remember if it was this week or last week, um, but we were talking about Sonic Frontiers. Was that this week? That was earlier, wasn't it? It took you about half an hour ago, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, this year has been so long. Um the last half an hour in particular. Uh, so Tunic seems to have divided people. 
and I've read a number of articles, one of which you actually sent me, um, that have been quite down on the game. And at the same time, it is popping up in lots of other people's the very best of the year um, rundowns. The article so I sent it, you for context uh, for other people, because obviously I did send it to the people, was from the perspective of a gamer with ADHD and saying the struggles they had with the game's hands-off approach. And it was something I'd never really considered. And I mm. found it a very illuminating read. Yeah, it really got me thinking about the impact that that might have mm. on the way that you engage with a game and the way that a game engages with you. And I can completely see why Tunic wouldn't suit that situation. Yeah. It's very obtuse a lot of the time. I really enjoyed the obtuseness um, in in a way. I really enjoyed having to go away, step away from it do the washing up or whatever and spend time looking out the window and thinking about what I should do or or what that thing might mean. And there were a few times where I had like just breakthroughs that made me feel not like a genius, but just made me feel really satisfied. I'm not going to talk in detail about what Tunic is and does. We've got a whole episode that goes into that. But I think that what it sets out to do it has done really well. I can't help but come back to the fact that, by and large, it is a one-man band yeah. affair again. It's just so, so impressive. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, great recommendation. One I'm still looking at buying Tunic at some point when it comes on sale on the Switch, but I definitely will because uh, the episode where we chatted about it, it uh, piqued my interest. Right, number one for me is going to be no surprise to Ashley or to anyone else at all is blooming lego star wars the game that for me has defined 2022 um (laughs) because it's pretty much the only game i've played in 2022 i got it when it came out on the 5th of april 2022 and i finished it on the finished 100 i should say on the 15th of december 2022 Mm. at uh on well switch has that thing where you can see your hours but it's not very precise so my playtime is 130 or more hours so um it's it's obviously a, it's a very big game to 100 percent. if anyone's interested at all episode 125 was us talking all about lego star wars so skywalker sakura sh- should say if you wanted to find out a bit more about it but it, it's massive and 100 percent. are you interested in knowing what your reward for getting 100 percent is you can tell me but let's just be clear, this is a spoiler for anybody that oh, is yeah, yeah. not so yet it, uh, finished. So if you're not finished, then skip forward about a minute or so. The reward for getting 100% completion in the game, you go to the Great Temple on Yavin 4, and there's a, a lever with Han Solo, Leia, etc. standing next to it. And you pull this lever, and they all do a little dance, and studs start falling from the ceiling. And they keep going and keep going, and that's that. Which I think is a, is a reference to, because that happened in the first couple of the Lego Star Wars games as well, when it got to 100%, they just yes. rained down studs. Um, but it yeah. felt like, uh, because uh, t- towards the end... especially crescendo. Yeah, towards the end especially, I was I was, I was was grinding. I was just going through just to get it done. Um, oh, that's unfortunate to hear, but also unsurprising, because it is just fast. Yeah. I, I'm playing it as well. Hannah and I, again, it's, it's a, the perfect couple game couples game i think or one of uh, a slew of perfect couples games that we've been playing lately and um i think my view is that they don't intend you to do everything in it yeah i kind of took the same 
attack the same thought away from uh, Breath of the Wild with the Koroks. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't do. There are so many of those, not because it's a massive challenge that the developers want you to undertake, but so that you, without even trying, happen across them. Mm -hmm. And there is a variety... Uh, there are a variety of different types of Korok and that variety again is there so that when you find your hundred or so Koroks in your playthrough, it feels satisfying because there's quite a lot of variety across those hundreds. When you do all of them, which I think is an, is 900 or something absurd, I think so. all of that variety becomes punishment. <laughs> and I kind of feel that way with Lego Star Wars. You You said that by the end of it, it felt like you were really slogging through it well the, and, it was the it was a grind it was only the levels the the replaying the levels interestingly and getting the unlocks for that was the thing i enjoyed the least the thing that i got the most enjoyment from was the whole open world mm. all the planets and and the way they're all interrelated with each other and if you do something on this planet it unlocks something on this planet and all that that was the thing i i found an absolute joy just that yeah. exploration of the star wars universe I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, no, but I am either. a massive... I, I really enjoy Lego games, and I really enjoy games that allow me to, to explore a vast space. Yeah. And um, I very much am into the explorey bit. I am similarly less into the rote levels yeah. um, in, in the game. So yeah, I imagine that we will... Well, it'll be up to Hannah as much as it was up to me, but I, I wouldn't imagine that we're going to spend 140 hours making sure we mop up every single nah. last bit of it. I'm not surprised it's on your list, though. It is it is a very good game. Yeah. There we go. That's me done. So what's your number one? So my it's not a number one, uh, as I already went into, so I won't repeat. Sorry. But my last game on this list of the games that I've really enjoyed this year... Um, is a bit i came to it late everyone was banging on about it earlier on in the year and i've come to this pretty late sonic one but i'm not the only one no i'm not the only one that i know and i've i've certainly turned on turned at least one person onto it as well um who is really loving it the game is vampire survivors oh okay have you played vampire survivors no, you messaged me about it during the week and i got confused did i ah right okay because i've not heard oh. of it well, it's great. They, they've they just uh, released it for free on mobile platforms, so you can play it on Android and Apple for free. iOS, whatever you call it, I don't know. You can play it for free anyway. Download it for free. Um, it has some advert uh, things in it, but they're not that invasive, really. You can watch an advert to revive your character okay, when you die and um, you can watch an advert to do something else that's a benefit to you. They don't actually serve, as far as I've experienced anyway, they don't actually serve adverts at the end of your run or anything like that. It's just like, hey, here's an option. Right. If you want to take it, take it. If not, don't. They're very ignorable is what I'm saying. That's the route that um, Plants vs. Zombies 2 <coughs> um, ends up going down, is that adverts are there and it will speed up things slightly, but... I, I play Plants vs. Zombies 2 without any interaction mm. with adverts at all. Quite happy. I own this game on Steam as well. So I've got I've bought the I've bought Vampire Survivors. I've also got it on mobile. They're the same. They really are the same. There's some DLCs just come out for uh, the Steam version that I'm not sure is on mobile. I, I play it mostly on Steam. 
Um, what it is, though, is I don't know if you remember um, Geometry Wars. Did you ever play Geometry Wars? Yeah, on yeah, the, I'm aware of Geometry Wars. So it, that's a twin stick shooter, mm-hmm. and this is kind of like that might be a good way into you understanding what Vampire Survivors are, is because you are a single person in the middle of a vast space or one of many vast spaces and there will be hordes of enemies coming at you and you have to take down those enemies. The extra part of that, I suppose, although that was still in, I think, Geometry Wars and other shoot-em-up type games, the the extra part of that is that they will drop things that you can then pick up um, or you will level up and get the choice of uh, a multitude of different tools okay. or weapons that can help you to survive longer. And the aim really is to see how long you can survive. But things escalate drastically. Like re- things really get worse and worse and worse for you. And after about the first, the 15 minute mark on the first stage, there is a point where you are surrounded by literally on, just on screen and hundreds of skeleton warriors all hemming you in and if you haven't picked the right uh build mm-hmm. you are going to die <laughs> it's as simple as that so you really do have to make sure that you're thinking ahead for what's to come as well as um what is happening right now it is just so again i think i've used the word before for some other game but it's moorish it it really like i it's one of those games that you go to bed and you're sort of thinking, well, maybe I should just have a game of, maybe I should have one game before Slippery I go slope. to sleep. Yeah, it's um, that blue light. It's really that sort of game. I've I've been spend I've spent most of today uh, preparing for podcast, preparing for recording this episode, and um, most of the time I've also been thinking about playing Vampire Survivors, <laughs> well, and it hasn't been helped that's by my friend. Good game, but it's if it's there. Yeah, it hasn't been helped by my friend messaging me um, on and off through the day, going, "I've got to level twenty-five, uh, and then and then an hour and a half later, level forty, uh, and sort of progress, uh, sending me sending me screenshots of his builds as well, and me sort of going, "Oh my god, I haven't I haven't got to level forty. I I've been playing it longer than he has, and he's um he's I he's picked up all sorts of bonuses well, that I've not day, seen the whole day playing that." Yeah, I I mean it sounds perfect to me. Yeah, cool. That's so, yeah. that's a great recommendation. Um, I there was remember on uh, Ape Escape there was a, a twin stick shooter on that, and I spent many a happy hours towards the end of the game. You lots of few mini game extras, and I used to just play Ape Escape to play that. So uh, it's not quite a twin stick shooter. I've maybe misled you of... slightly there, but it, it's it's definitely got something in common with okay. it. You you are a tiny little spec in a vast space being attacked by lots and lots of things all at once and you've got to navigate yourself around that and take out all those things. Sounds like a parable for life, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, unfortunately so. So yeah, Vampire Survivors, that's how I'm wrapping it up. Cool, well, thank you very much. So, that's our, all our games for this year. All six of mine, all 106 of yours. So, yeah, sorry uh, about that. It's alright. 2023. Oh yeah, 2023. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. What's on the horizon? So, do you want do you want to do yours first? Yeah. Mine's right. very, very slim, I'll be honest. So I was I'd look at well, 
I looked at last year's list of games that I wanted to come out in 2022 that I that I said, yeah, I'm, I would like those. And uh, there are a couple that haven't come out this year, so they're going to come out in 2023. So uh, what are they? Mention them again. Uh, well, one of them's obviously. Oh, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Breath of the Wild 2, which has now been uh, given a name this year, Tears of the Kingdom, coming out in yep. May. Oh. Yes, a long time. And then the other one is Clive and Wrench, which um, oh, I've done a bit of digging into Clive and Wrench because a trailer came out last week to to sort of say it's definitely on its way, coming out April, March sort of time. Turns out this game's been in development for over 12 years. It was originally in development for the Wii U. So oh, it's uh, I mean it's been a long time coming. Ooh, especially alarm bells. Especially now that we've played relatively recently in the last few months we've played Banjo Kazooie and Clive and Wrench is a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. It really makes me excited for it. Yeah. Also Don't mention Banjo Kazooie. So Yeah, so so those those are two I hope it works out for you, that one. Thank you. Uh then shall I go into the other ones then? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's also Glide, which I've mentioned recently during yeah, the Spyro episode, good. which looks very exciting. The uh, update, the spiritual successor to Spyro. There is a game called Snufkin, based on the Moomin books and TV Moomin series. Valley one. Yeah, mm. which yeah. Uh, I absolutely adored those when I was a kid, and it looks looks great. It looks absolutely lovely. I really like the anime that was mm. on BBC. That's why I really that was my way into Moomin. So I didn't know about the comics. Well, when I was well, the, no, the books were like from the sixties, and um, some of those are Tove Johnson. Yeah. Some of those are quite yeah. sinister. I remember getting getting mm. the willies from them when I was about sort of six or seven. Well, when I was when I was about four or five, your wording. There was a stop motion animation that was all done with like it was almost like fuzzy felt or something like flat two D, and um, I had an episode of that taped off the telly and that was blooming creepy. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, so Snufkin looks cool. Uh, there's a, a game coming out. I found out about this via Kickstarter. Um, I was going to back inside, not to in the end. Um, called Spells and Secrets, which you might be interested in. It's essentially, but obviously not. It's essentially Hogwarts the game. So, okay, you are yes. a, a witch or a wizard. You go to a a, a school for witches and wizards. That's definitely not Hogwarts, and it's about you living there and learning the spells and and all the okay. associated minutia of of that. And it looks it looks really fun. Like just the idea of exploring this massive castle and learning these spells as you go through looks rather. Yeah. I mean, fun. I've searched for it, and um, I was thinking, given the the timing uh yeah. obviously oh uh, hogwarts legacy is coming out next year and in a different world i'd have put that on my list of uh most anticipated and all that because i th- i think you know it-, it looks interesting and good but i won't be getting it well maybe spells for and- reasons that i think i don't need to explain <laughs> and i was wondering if spells and secrets would would uh fill that void but um, it does look quite different in term, mm-hmm. in tone and scope. However, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't. I shouldn't try it. Yeah. It is probably going to be good in its own, uh, in it on its own terms. And then the last one is a game that we're talking about before we start recording is Simon the Sorcerer Origins, which is a new Simon the Sorcerer game coming out. I think March or April, and it's a prequel to the first game. A game I have very very fond memories of. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. Yeah. 
So Simon the Sorcerer is a game that, or, or a series that Hannah introduced me to. So I, um, I like it even just for that. Um, but I really liked what I played of them, mm. and therefore I would be looking forward to that as well. Um, what about you? Is, is that your list? That's my list. Okay. What about me? What about me? So obviously, Tears of the Kingdom. I put it on my list. I think I actually even said something like, "There's only one game really on my list for 2022, and it is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild 2, as it was known then, but it's now known Tears of the Kingdom." Um, and to be honest, speaking of the malaise that I said was uh, spread over the world, and in particular you and I, um, I've looked through a list of hundreds of of games that's coming out next year, and I find it really hard to muster any real excitement for any of them. And are those ones I've just mentioned? Uh, yes, they do. Okay, they good. they do. Um, I did sort of punt for a few. Um, but they're still a little bit, you know. Still a bit, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Spider Man Two. Okay. I'm quite. I, I'll be happy to play more Spider Man, but at the same time, I'm st- I'm playing Miles Morales in a minute, and it's more Spider Man. So I just I'm wondering if I might be over over sated by the time Spider Man Two comes out, but we'll see. Um, Kerbal Space Program Two. It's another sequel. What? I'm not really sure how... Do you not know Kerbal Space Program? No, sir. Ha, right. Okay, Kerbal Space Program is a game that involves you sending uh, little green men to space. You run a pretty um, extensive space station... Not space station. Space program simulation building your own rockets from scratch. Okay. Unlocking lots of... Pardon me. Unlocking technologies that you can then use to build better rockets, and there is a simulated. It's all physics based, and it's it's. I don't know how accurate it is, but it definitely it's challenging because of the amount of physics you need to understand. Well, not the amount of physics you need to understand, but the the, the complexity. engagement with it that you need to mm-hmm. undertake. To, um, but you can send people to the moon. You can send your people to the moon, which is called the moon in uh in game and there's a whole solar system that is um simulated so you can actually send people to the moon uh you can send them off to the various different planets and land them on the planets you can create bases on those different planets um where they can hopefully survive and thrive um or not is is often the case um but it is so challenging just getting them into orbit that um you know that that's enough of it uh, of a meaty puzzle in itself, right? Um, it really takes a lot of engaging with to get anywhere with it. I I personally feel. However, I am personally I'm not really I'm just not really sure what Kerbal Space Program Two can add mm. to it, and that's why I'm a bit sort of not sure about see what happens when it comes out. To it. Exactly. Um, Final Fantasy Sixteen. I have a love hate relationship with Final Fantasy games these days. I played Fifteen. I quite enjoyed Fifteen on its own terms, but it just doesn't do what I would like a Final Fantasy game to do. It doesn't scratch the same itch as they used to. So you know, we'll see what happens with Sixteen. It looks, it looks like what you might come to expect from them these yeah. days. So I'm not sure. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom mentioned, um, honourably mentioning on behalf of Hannah Pikmin Four. I'm not unexcited by Pikmin 4, 
but Hannah is certainly probably more interested in playing that when it comes out. Um, and lastly, you've put me in mind of a game that I had on the radar a couple of years ago, and I'm sure it said that it was coming out this year, and it apparently hasn't come out this year, but there's a game called Paralives that I may have mentioned in a rundown some other time. But basically, it's a very, very, um, a very customizable version of The Sims. And yes, I think you talked about it during our Sims episode this year or last year. I suppose. Right. Was it the one where like you can customize like every single aspect of every yeah. single piece of furniture? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the everything's free form, so like you can if you put a table in, you can you can pull the table longer to have a longer table, and um, all of the walls can be curved to whatever degree you like. And you can have them at angles that you want to have them. And the roofs, you can have the... You're not set to, this is one story, this is two stories, and so on. You can have, like, these huge open spaces that have mezzanines built into them. And um, all of the the things that you can put in, like cabinets for the kitchen, they're all customizable. You can change the handles on them. And even, like, having... You know, like, if you've got a living room, but you want a slightly raised dais-like area for the dining area mm-hmm. you can put in a raised area uh, in that room and then have steps of whatever size you like in up wow. to that raised area it's so so customizable it looks like it could be really really good uh, i think the customizability will extend to the people that you can create as well um yeah it looks great so basically i'm hoping that will come out next year a 2023 version of the sims you know, like taking the same yeah. gameplay but making it modern. Yeah, there have been rumblings about The Sims 5, and I can only imagine that The Sims 5 is going to do a heck of a lot the same as The Sims 4. I'd like to see Paralives um, do well, and um, I'd, I'd be interested to see where they take that genre. Cool. Well, great shout. Uh, that was one that when you mentioned it, back in the sims episode i thought sounded interesting so yeah thank Mm. you for putting that back on my radar as well you're welcome thank you uh for the chat it's been good yeah and uh long thank you ah well you know it's been a long year thank you everyone for sticking with us all through this long year and thank you again for sticking with us all the way through this episode you are an absolute uh trooper yeah cheers and happy 2023 hope it's a good one Yay! 2023. Bye!